We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA front office show. Unfortunately, Keith and I not together in studio. We are back home from Summer League in Las Vegas. Uh, not not ideal, right? But somehow, some way, we'll make do. Yeah, it's uh, and obviously we're home from Vegas. Year and a half. I'm completely unshaven, so uh, you know, yeah, we're we're uh, we're both. Uh, you know, it's gonna take take a little while to get used to being home and back on a, a semi normal person's sleep schedule. But uh, but we're, if we have time towards the end of today's show, we're gonna talk a little bit about our time out there in Las Vegas in the week. But because we didn't record for a day, obviously news piles up very quickly, and we've got quite a bit to get into. Yeah, so we're going to reserve some time for nonsense at the end, and we'll yep. have some fun with that, and we'll talk about Vegas and some wacky things that ensued there. Um, so just <laughs> hang on to the end for it's that. It's worth it. Trust us. We, it, we, got, yes. we had an adventure. That's some sure. bizarre situations that went down <laughs> in in Vegas, including, I guess, the fact that both of us had I mean, your your wife hurts her hurts her ankle yes my dog breaks her leg like on our last day we both have to like rush home to these situations it was it was madness but yeah um tons for us to get into so let's uh let's talk a little nba and then we can get to all the nonsense at the end here uh and i guess let's really let's start things off with with this lebron james uh, officially back for next season, for the 2023-2024 season. No one was surprised by this <laughs> yeah. when LeBron LeBron officially announced it at the ESPYs, but no one was surprised. We From the moment that he mentioned, you know, having to think about his future and all that kind of stuff uh, at the end of the Western Conference Finals, we all felt pretty strongly that LeBron was indeed going to be back. He wasn't going to walk away and retire at that point, particularly with Bronny so close to making it to the NBA and his stated goal of playing with Bronny and, and everything else that, you know, would be wrapped up in a decision like that. But we had yet to get direct confirmation from him until the ESPYs last night. And, uh, and now the Lakers have some cert- certainty moving forward that they will have LeBron on their roster next season. Yeah. And it was very clear by the Lakers moves this summer that they were building feeling good that he was going to play uh they otherwise you know i think they would have been far more aggressive and maybe going after other options uh you know that that might might have fit uh you know with a different path if lebron wasn't going to be there but it's always tough right at the end of a long season when he was hurting very clearly was you know still in in some pain and 
that, that's a hard thing at this point, this deep into his career. I'm sure every end of season, there's at least a thought of like, man, do I want to do this again in a few months? Like I have to start the whole process again. And he's talked, it's something I know he's actually referenced uh, Tom Brady's things about how like, as you get older, you have to start the process earlier, right? Because it takes that much longer to get yourself ready to go uh, for the season. So, so that, that, that's just something to factor in, but yeah, he'll be back. Uh, you know, Lakers are looking you know strong. I think the roster looks, it, I, I don't know what percentage better, but considerably better to start next season than it did to start last season. Uh, so yeah, it's, it, it's you know they, they they should be gearing up for what they hope is another another big run. Hopefully not through the playing tournament and everything else along the way. Yes, yeah, that would certainly be ideal. Now, Keith, from an outside perspective, let me ask you: Do you think they did enough to where LeBron doesn't have to this season? Ideally, push down on the turbo button in December and in January, like we saw this past season. Do you think that they've done enough to allow him to? I don't know if coast is the right word, but not have to exert so much energy during the season. Yeah. I think combination of that also a sense of, okay, your ankles bugging, bugging you a little bit, take, take the night off. You don't need to play. And I think that's a big part of signing guys like D'Angelo Russell, Rui Hachimura, um, obviously Austin Reeves, you now know with Austin Reeves too, I think there was a sense in the regular season, maybe he could do a little bit more, but it's very hard for a second year guy to throw him the ball in the regular season and be like, Hey, go be the man. And there were times that they got forced into that. And then in the playoffs, he showed, Hey, I can do more, like give it to me and put it on me. So now I think you just go in with all these, that many more data points, I guess is the best way to put it, where you do feel better, whether it's LeBron or AD. Because obviously, when it matters, you're only going as far as those guys healthy can take you. Um, but you got to get through the other 82 games first, and now you have a much better sense of, all right, hey, if they need to miss a game or two, we're not relying on, all right, Russ, take 35 shots tonight, and hopefully some of them go in, right? It's it's now it's, all right, we feel like we can get through. It's tougher, of course, but, yeah, I think their moves set them up in a better place to be able to sustain any missed time, or even if it's just, I don't even want to call it load management, just management uh, of you know, both LeBron and, and AD. AD a little tougher, right? So probably need one more big, but but they'll figure that part out. And I'm expecting to see a LeBron that looks, it's strange to say it, but a LeBron that looks better than the guy that we saw in the Western Conference Finals, even though he still found ways to be effective. But people will look at him and just say, well, that's that's what he is now because he's 38, he's going to be 39. Yeah, he's not going to be his 28-year-old self, but sure. he was also dealing with an active injury at that point. So I would expect that at the start of this season, assuming the foot injury is fully healed, which we should assume that it will be, um, he he's going to look a bit more spry than the guy that we last saw out there on the floor. Again, he's still going to be turning 39 this season. It doesn't mean he's suddenly going to be 28-year-old LeBron James. It's, it's not going to happen. But I think there is certainly a world where LeBron looks significantly better than what we saw during the playoffs here. And then if the Lakers can find a way to sustain that level of health from him so that come playoff time next year, he can be ready to go and not managing an active injury that can make all the difference in the world for them. Absolutely. And I don't want to say that they didn't take the early part of the season serious, but I think you're yeah. going to see teams take a little bit more care in these early season games. I think this also applies to the Clippers where the Clippers, they did their load management thing all year long 
And then you get to the end of the year and it just didn't matter, right? Kawhi yeah. still got hurt. Paul George still got hurt. So I think you're going to see those teams say, you know what? It's too hard to. That was our conversation with the Lakers months before the playoffs started. When it was like, all right, they're, they've dug out of being in the bottom of the conference. They're now going to be in the, play, the postseason picture. But the, the conversation was, are you going to have enough left after having a win in the play in, then went on the road, then went on the road, then went on the road. And now you, you get to the finals and you saw it, it felt like to me more than anything else, they ran into a very good Denver team. But mm -hmm. second to that was the Lakers just had nothing left. They ran out of yeah. gas. They just had not really nothing left to give. It was, you know, and that that's why, you know, the Nuggets kind of, kind of moved forward the way they did. And, and I think it's, you know, a part of it is if we win a handful more games, those earlier round series aren't going to be so grueling and taxing. We're not going to have to play those extra games in the play in which are also, you know, fraught with, man, we have a bad shooting night and all of a sudden it could just be over. Yeah. Right. So you want to really be in a spot where it's, you know, all right, let, let's, you know, do, do a little bit more. So uh, I'm very curious to see it now. I think they've got the weapons to, to kind of do that and manage through whatever comes because, because they had, you know, such a strong off season. And the West projects to be even better next season. Uh, it's going to be a gauntlet. So yeah. we'll see how all that plays out. If the Lakers the division did it up, but, uh, is crazy. Oh my God. Like right? the, There's not a bad team in the division. Stop right? going west, everyone. My goodness. <laughs> yeah. In as far west as you can, apparently. Like, yeah. <laughs> you can't even count on the Kings anymore, right? You can't even be like, no. oh, there's a you know, there's four division wins, right? Or three yep. if they stumble in one. Like they're good. The Suns are gonna be one of the best teams in the league. I think we're both still fairly high on the Clippers, you know, even sure. you know, with everything considered. And I don't the Warriors aren't going away. So Obviously, one of those teams will probably have the wheels come off season and everything just falls apart for them. But as it stands right now, that's got to be the strongest division. I, we're not going to spend time on that right now. No. But it feels like you know, we're, we're in a spot where you know that, that's pretty close. Okay, let's let's jump over to your uh, Celtics. Jayla Brown contract not completed. Um, I thought, you know, once he once he made second team all NBA. Supermax, here you go. Or are Keith, are the Celtics trying to negotiate this a little bit and say, well, we're going to pay you a little bit less than Supermax? What's going on here? Yeah, we don't really know. The reporting's been a little, uh, I, I don't want to say mixed, but it's just a little kind of curious on this stuff where it's everything is, and I heard this direct from people involved at Summer League is, yeah, it's going to get done. You know, we're just working mm -hmm. through some deal points. And generally it is all right, I qualified for the Supermax. Give me the most money. Give me a player option on the end. Let's throw a trade bonus on there if we can, and let's move it forward. And in this case, that hasn't happened, right? We're it's we're recording this on July 13th. So we're 13 days into when they could have offered this because they could have offered it at midnight on July 1st, like right as the calendar ticked over, and it didn't happen. And now that makes you wonder, is it, Hey, can you do 33% instead of 35% of the mm -hmm. cap? You know, that, that'll give us you know, a little wiggle room. You know, all right, but what if you do that, but we give you a player option? Okay, you don't want to give on that. How about the trade bonus? You know, we'll, 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 that's my thing. So is it, can you do 33% and then we'll put incentives in there that can bring you up to the full, full amount? And I think if you're Jalen Brown, you're like, I did that on my last deal. I don't know that I want to do that on this deal. So uh, every every reporting uh, piece out there, Adam Himmelsbach of the Boston Globe has done a nice job kind of tracking this and the reports he's getting match what everybody else is hearing. This will get done, but they're negotiating some stuff. But again, 
we're almost two weeks in now and it's not done. And that at least raises my eyebrow a little bit as to why. Yeah, that's going to be interesting to see what's, what exactly is going on. And it, look, we even saw it, you know, not to go back to the Lakers, but like D'Angelo Russell, everybody was going, why is this deal not officially signed? <laughs> he was on vacation. Like sometimes yeah. it's just, there's stuff that that goes down, but it doesn't mean there's nothing. There's something nefarious going on. Sometimes it's now, just JB like was in Vegas though, so we do know that. Like Jay that's Brown was that's in Vegas, true. So that's yeah. It's not like he was uh you know off in the far reaches of Antarctica or something. I'm I'm, like, I'm just saying that yeah. That, there's that stuff. fans immediately jump to <gasps> maybe yeah. that means there's a trade brewing and <laughs> yep. something is happening and they're trying. It's all this you know. It's this conspiracy, but you know they're yep. trying to keep things under wraps. It's probably nothing as exciting as that, but nonetheless, it is something to pay pay attention to. To to, to that point, I reported on the Grant Williams contract, which was kind of cool because I was able to uh, get the information I needed and reported on that from the plane, um, which was a whole new experience for me um, to do that. But it was fun, and instantly it was a bunch of people. Oh, I guess the deal's not being expanded. Then there was apparently, which I you know, unbeknownst to me, and I I I think everybody who watches this, listens, or follows me on Twitter knows I'm pretty online like i'm online all the time but i wasn't at summer league because you're running around and for yeah. me i'm trying to conserve my phone battery because i need to do things like unlock my hotel room door and <laughs> right. you know, get an uber back to my hotel and those kind of things so i'm not playing on my phone as constantly as i would be but it was uh one of those things where as i was talking with with uh you know some you know putting that out there there was apparently this whole undercurrent on social media of, oh, this is, it, it hasn't happened yet because they're going to expand it and bring in other teams and the trade's going to get bigger and all this stuff that people had dreamed up and imagined. Mm-hmm. And the reality was it just didn't get done yet because there was other stuff, you know, that, that both sides had kind of prioritized. And, you know, for Boston, one of them was, all right, we got to hammer out the Chris Stapps Porzingis extension. And then on the Mavs side, it was, all right, we're going to wrap Kyrie's deal up. We got to, you know, finish, you know, our moves with the Kings and all those other things. So, Sometimes things just they they take a little bit. That's really you know the end of the story. To your point is there's not always a lot of other things happening. We dream up all this fantastic stuff that that's going on. You know, uh, I don't know. Galactus secretly appears in the background <laughs> of the Avengers movie or something or something like that. And most of the time it doesn't come true. And then sometimes you really do, and you get all three Spider Men in one movie. And so that's what yep. keeps this stuff going on, right? Where we keep saying, oh, it's the NBA, you know, anything could, could happen. But most of the time, it's not anything, you know, too crazy that, that's happening there. But it is something to, to kind of pay attention to there. And uh, and like you said, Vegas, and we'll get into Vegas in a bit, but <laughs> you're right. Conserving conserving your phone battery, it's, a, it's the game within the game within the game because that can be a challenge in and of itself in Las Vegas. Absolutely. Sure. Yes, it is. Okay. Uh, we talked about D'Angelo Russell and, and him being the first player to waive the de facto or implied no trade clause that comes with signing what the league would see as a one-year deal, a second-year option on the deal. Um, trading a player under such a situation would involve the player losing their bird rights, and so as a result, the player gets the ability to veto a trade. Uh, the new CBA allows you to go in and actually remove that bit from it, so the player no longer has that ability to veto, which D'Angelo Russell, again, being the first player to do that. And now Mo Wagner has done the same thing with the Orlando Magic. And, you know, it's it doesn't shock me that it's Orlando that, that did this because we already saw them structure the contracts of Mo Bamba, uh, Gary Harris, to be very, very trade-friendly. Now, it yep. didn't exactly pay off for them, but obviously this is an organization that thinks along those lines. And so it doesn't shock me that uh, that Orlando was a team that managed to take advantage of this. 
Yeah, and Orlando, what, what part of what they did in the Wagner contract is it's $8 million each of the next two seasons flat. And part of what you do in a situation like that is you get yourself to a place where it is that becomes very tradable salary, right? Because, because it's a team option for next season. It, by next season, we mean they were already in this season. This is now 23-24. So 24-25 is next season. So when you get into that team option, and it's a true team option, not a non-guarantee, you could trade them at the trade deadline and the other team can get out free and clear. It's just $8 million in matching salary mm-hmm. and that gets you where you need to be. But in order to do that and not, and not have him block, he needs to waive it. So that could be much like we speculated with D'Angelo Russell. There could have been a little, hey, we'll throw a little extra in there for you if you'll do this and give us that flexibility as the team. So, you know, Mo Wagner, and I, I'm not speculating at all that that means he'll definitely be traded, but no. Orlando's going to try to be good this year. They're going to try to push forward, try to make, you know, run it, you know, at the very least the play-in tournament, if not a top six spot and in the playoffs. So I think for them having 8 million in tradable salary, that's a good thing to have uh, by the time you get there to, to the end and off you go. So, so it's going to be kind of, you know, something just to, to file away and keep an eye on. And there's under no circumstances. Can he say, Nope, don't want to go there. He's lost that, that ability now, or let's, let's be positive about it. He negotiated that away for something else. Yes. You know, in this uh, you know contract, probably slightly more money maybe than he would have got otherwise. All right, Zion Williamson also talked about his own ability to improve. He was on Gilbert Arenas' podcast, who we got to meet in Las Vegas. Cool guy. Um, who He talked a bit about uh, his ability to improve his, uh, his health in terms of staying on the floor, his conditioning, all of that. I, and, you know, look, I, you expect him. Obviously, he had some stuff going on off the court, some stuff that spilled onto social media, of course, over the last few weeks and, and all of that. But... In terms of the on-the-court basketball stuff, this is what you expect to be hearing in the summer. With Zion, though, like it's good to hear, no question. But the only way that he, there's only one thing he can do, and that's prove it this coming season. Mm-hmm. And I think with Zion, what's important is him recognizing it, right? That it's not good you know he's not in necessarily hasn't been in the best place in all these things it was very clear he wants people to know like hey i'm not sitting out just to sit out like i want to play like i want to be on the floor like when i'm missing these things and this rings true especially especially i think you you can probably agree with this as you as we're both you know home from vegas now and (laughs) it gets a little tough out there on us older guys he said part of what he has to lose is that feeling of invincibility that comes when you're a teenager and you're 18 19 of like nothing can ever touch me i'll never get hurt and he's like now i realize like i have to do things differently i'm a little bit older i can't just eat whatever i want then go do do whatever and he he basically said like hey i'm i'm trying right to be better and to to get to where i need to be to be on the court which which is huge. I mean, that's that that alone is different than where we've kind of been, you know, in, in the past. So I, I think that's, um, you know, a, a really great thing to, to, you know, see there. And he's talking about, you know, improving his flexibility and all those other things, you know, that 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 go along with this. And this was my favorite quote. He says, like uh, Coach K taught me, I have to own up to my responsibilities. There are a lot of things I, I could have done better. I didn't. I'm in the process of fixing those wrongs. Hmm. Well, that's cool. Right. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's still a young guy, right? And it takes a lot of people a lot later in life to realize those things than he did. So I think that's really good for him.
Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Um, in uh, We already had our shocking news of the day in LeBron returning. Let's get into our second absolutely shocking news story. The Knicks are trying to trade Evan Fournier. Um, not a surprise at all, of course. But uh, I, I don't there hasn't been much of a market there. He's, he's an expiring now this coming season. So maybe they find something there. He's always struck me as, as the kind of guy that he's salary matching in a, in a bigger deal. Bigger yep. And I think we're kind of hitting the part of the year where aside from, you know, a James Harden trade, um, something like that, that, that goes down. We see um, one of those kind of moves, like a superstar level, level trade actually happened. Of course, a Damian Lillard trade, Unless the Knicks get involved in something like that, it's hard to foresee another big move that's out there really for the Knicks. Yeah, he, you know, Damian Lillard doesn't make a ton of sense. They've got Jalen Brunson, and this sure. none of this is to say Jalen Brunson is at the level of Damian Lillard or James Harden, um, because he's he's not. But he's also not like he's miles and miles away either. He's very good himself. Mm-hmm. So if you're the Knicks and you have him for half the cost of those guys. Hey, well, we're happy to have that, right? And, and move, move our team the way uh, we feel. So, yeah, with Fournier, and I was told while we were out in Vegas, he thought he was going to be traded th- this summer. There, hmm. there was a you know, sense of like, you know, th- there was an idea of, hey, he'll be somewhere else. And and he just wants to play. I mean, he's not 35 years old. He he He's a guy who feels like he can still contribute and still be, be a positive guy. I mean, this is a guy, you know, Celtics fans were super excited about only a few seasons ago you know, getting him at the trade deadline and Knicks fans were excited to sign him in free agency. It just hasn't worked out. So we're, we're going to, you know, watch this, but yeah, my guess is this probably gets tabled until around the trade deadline. And he's just back racking up DMPs on the Knicks. Cause that's a you know pretty after adding DiVincenzo, that's a pretty loaded, you know, garden wing group now there yeah. in New York. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, maybe they, they wind up being the third team in a deal with an expiring or so, but Could we'll be. see. Yeah. Ultimately, what happens? Um, another transaction took place. The Heat guaranteed Haywood Highsmith's contract. Now, the Heat, they've been kind of reluctant to do a whole lot. Um, we saw them. They let Gabe Vincent, Max Struess go mm-hmm. because they're right now in that holding pattern, um, waiting to see what happens with Damian Lillard. But this was something that they were able to accomplish. Yeah, one of the only teams in the league that hasn't added uh, new um, uh you know, big uh, signing or trade acquisition. Most teams have done, you know, at least one or the other, you know, through the course of this. And, uh, you know, they did add a couple minimum signings, Josh Richardson, old friend there in Miami. And then they brought in Thomas Bryant. And those are great signings for them. I think, you know, those were really good depth additions for the Heat. They obviously uh, drafted Jaime Jaquez Jr. as well. So they've, they've done some stuff, but obviously they're in a holding pattern, right? They want Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard wants the Heat. Uh, so we'll see if they can get there. I think that's our next topic is you know maybe something will help them get there, right? Yeah, so let's go there. Multiple teams are interested in Tyler Hero and would be willing to give up a first in order to get him. I, I mean, that's that's critical, right? I mean, Tyler Hero would have to be part of a package for, for Damian Lillard. At least you would have to think he would be involved. So when we're looking at Miami and their ability to land Lillard, we... I think it's going to have to be a three team trade or maybe more. It's going to have yeah. to. So you're going to need a team that's what, because especially if you're, if you're Portland with the pieces that they've got, doesn't make sense to bring Tyler hero in. So you need a team that's going to be willing to give up serious assets in order to get him. So this is important for Miami that they have multiple teams interested in him. Now that doesn't mean that that's going to ultimately lead to a deal or that it's getting done. Again, we talked about this in Vegas that 
the Blazers are telling everybody we're willing to wait. We're not in any rush to do this. We, you know, this is, and we talked about how important of a decision it is for the Portland Trail Blazers to get this right. But nonetheless, multiple teams interested in Tyler Hero, a good thing for Miami and probably tells you where the information's coming from as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, there's that part of it too. Yeah. And, and I think if you're the heat, you're just kind of looking at it as, Hey, we can add, you know, a guy here and get, you know, add, or trade a guy, get a pick or two, those picks immediately become things we can reroute uh, to, to Portland, or maybe it becomes, all right, it's only one pick, but we also get this semi-interesting younger player. And, you know, maybe Portland has an interest in a guy like that. And, and I had people ask me, you know, why does Portland not just take Tyler Hero? And it's not, it's not really about Tyler Hero, the player. It's really more about Tyler Hero's position and mm-hmm. his contract because he's under a long term contract where Portland already has, Anthony Simons and Shaden Sharp, two guys who play that same spot. And you're just, you can't play all those guys together. You might be able to play three of them if Sharp's playing like the three, but playing four of them together just isn't going to happen. And then, you know, you could start to dream up, you know, four and five team trades and all that. And I, maybe I shouldn't say those things don't happen because we did have a five team trade. Yeah. Um, but, you know, but they are kind of rare that they go down that way. But it, it is kind of, you know, one of those things where my, you know, my, it's, Portland, I think, has basically told my read on this from all what I've heard and all the reporting is Portland told Miami, hey, figure it out and come back to us, right? Like, don't don't come back to us until you have, you know, a better offer to to give right now. And and I know some people are saying, well, then, you know, are they getting a better offer from anybody else? That's not the conversation. It's not a mm-hmm. good enough offer for Portland, as we said in Vegas uh, from the studio at, at Blue Wire Studios. You can only trade Damian Lillard once. You don't get to redo this if it doesn't go the way you want it to. So you can only do it once and you better get it right. It's not, is this offer better than someone else's? It's, is this offer acceptable to the Blazers? Is it enough for them to say yes? Again, remember, he's under contract for years here. I mean, this is, so in theory, the Blazers could Kevin Durant this thing and just say, no, we're we're not going to make this trade. So, um We'll I see. don't think it's going to get there. I think so. No, I don't think so either. There. But yeah, it yeah. is, you know, but yeah, they're Portland holds the cards here. They, they, they've got the control. Yeah. All right. Let's get into, let's do, well, let's do the other trade trade request. James Harden reiterates his trade request. Again, some of this might be negotiating through the media here because you get reports and the counter reports and all that. Like, sounded like, well, maybe Harden is ready, is willing to come back to Philly. Then you get the little bit out. No, no, actually, he still wants to be traded. I still think ultimately a deal gets done. He probably winds up going to the Clippers. That seems to be where this is ultimately going to head. But again, this is also just what happens in this process where you get reports and then counter reports and counter counter reports and back and forth you go. Yeah, a, a really good reporting on this from Sam Amick. It's uh, Sam Amick over at the Athletic. Uh, he had some some good stuff, just of like Harden hasn't budged, and you know said like Harden really wants the Clippers. Like that's where you know he wants to be. And the Clippers matching the salary for them not really all that hard. They they've got you know two three guys they could send to Philly, and it's a Philly team that could now use some depth. They they've lost uh, some really quality rotation guys out mm-hmm. of their group there. And it's not quite the same team as it was before. And I think that's where Philly and Miami, one of the things Sam called out in his piece, both of those teams have kind of sat waiting on these trades to happen while free agents have flown off the board. And now we're down to it. And that's where I think a handful of those free agents that are left 
they might be looking at it and saying, all right, hey, if the money's going to be the minimum anywhere or a chunk of the non-tax or a chunk of an exception, I should say, not the non-tax player, but it's all going to be roughly the same money. All right, I'd rather be there because I can play a real role. I can maybe push towards winning or something like that. So, right. so that becomes a little bit of a different story. All right, um, let's finish up with this. The Pacers are looking for a modern power forward. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, <laughs> I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. What does yeah. that mean? A modern, a modern power. <laughs> I'm assuming it means not Horace Grant, not the 15 Carlo foot Ray. and in yeah. type of power forward. You know, a guy that can initiate the offense a little bit if need be. A guy that can step behind the arc a little bit if need be. A guy like uh, Pascal Siakam, maybe. Yeah, maybe, maybe, quite possibly. Yeah, it's funny because I saw some people say, "Why would they go get him? They just traded for Obi Toppin. They also have uh, uh, Jarris Walker c- coming in. You know, why? Why would you go trade for uh, you know?" Pascal Siakam and my thing is why not if you can get them in a reasonable enough package there's enough minutes for all those guys because Siakam can play at the five we've seen him do it quite a bit the Pacers play a semi non-traditional guy at the five anyway Miles Turner so you know why not if you need to downsize and play Siakam there in small ball lineups and you know do do all the different things to me too the Pacers part of it is this signals they're 
they kind of had their step back moment over the last year or so. Now let's start pushing back towards trying to be a good team and trying to win. They've got Tyrese Halliburton locked up. I like Siakam there too. If he becomes kind of your second guy, he becomes almost like a, a playmaker, you know, ish guy that can do a lot of stuff, run the offense through him. And, you know, it's had moments where he's been a pretty good shooter. He's had moments where that's kind of gone the other way, but for the most part, yeah, I, th- I think this is, makes a lot of sense for, for the Pacers to, to push this, even though, you know, they drafted a guy that we know they like. And I, I'm starting to wonder if they see Walker more as a three than they do as a four, which is not maybe mm. the worst thing in the world. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see how that kind of develops. And then there should still be plenty of minutes for Obi Toppin to get out there and do his thing. So Pacers are looking like a fun team. They're, they're, they've, they've got some stuff going on there. And, and it tells you they're not looking at, at this and saying, hey, we're just going to be a, 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 a lottery team again. They want to make a push here. And um, and we'll see if they can do it. All right, Keith, are you ready for scheduled nonsense? <laughs> Las <laughs> Vegas, Las so Vegas nonsense here. Um, where do you want to start? Like we've got so I mean so much to to talk about here. For I mean I guess first and foremost, summer league is fantastic. It was fantastic as always. I always recommend going out and checking it out uh, if you haven't been. Doesn't mean you have to go for a week. Go for a day. Go for two days. Just get to the arena and get you. There's players every hotel, every casino. There's players walking around all over the place. You're gonna see a, see everybody out there in Las Vegas. So that in and of itself makes it a blast. But you and I got into some interesting situations. Um, you want to talk about the Caesars? Oh goodness. All right, so let's explain this. This was uh, whatever our last full day in Las Vegas. We yeah. finish our show over at, at the Win uh, at the Blue Wire Studios, and we wrapped up. And you know, a lot of people left from there because guys mm-hmm. were headed home. So we kind of all said our goodbyes and everything, and then we immediately raced over to catch our buddies Mark Stein and Chris Haynes do their podcast live from Caesar's Palace. So we jump in the Uber. No problem getting one, and off we go. And the Uber driver, obviously very familiar with the area, is like, "Huh, weird. The police have that road blocked. All right, I'll take you down to the other other side. We'll let you know where. Huh, they have the that road blocked too." Then he proceeds to drive in an area where definitely we had no business being, in like a loading dock. <laughs> and we get hotel security he comes over and is literally. What are you doing here? Get out of here. Don't you see all the police cars? And he's like, I'm trying to drop these guys off. You know, can I just drop them off here? And they're like, no, there's a police situation. So he proceeds to drive us down a side street alley, something. And says, Hey, go in this door and then walk down a hallway and go in another door. You'll be, you'll be right out there. And like like an unmarked door on the outside. Like, okay. Now keep in mind, there are police literally everywhere. We probably should have been smarter and not done <laughs> what we did, but we're like, okay. That, that occurred to me once we got in. I'm like, yeah. should that have been yeah. a warning that we shouldn't yeah. have been here? The so, But, you know, I guess our excuse was the Uber driver said it's okay, right? He talked yeah. to police presence, I think. So we get inside. <laughs> now we're inside. We're looking. We're seeing police run around. We're, we're hearing reports of SWAT teams in the hotel. Essentially what happened was 
some a hotel guest or somebody he uh took a woman hostage in the hotel uh nowhere near thankfully where we were we weren't anywhere close to this but the hotel kind of went went on lockdown no one was really getting in no one's getting out except uh, for us you know, we got except in. for us yeah and our, <laughs> our uh uh, uh, you know, Uber driver, adventurous pushed, Uber driver, it, right? Made it happen. Uh, yeah, his, his intrepidness, and yeah, so we end up there in a spot where, all right, we're in. We watched the show with uh, Haynes and Stein, and you know, had a, had a good time. You know, watching their show and chit chatted for a while after, and then realized we probably can't leave right now. So we made the best of it. We grabbed a pretty good lunch and hung out for a while and did that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it was it was definitely an adventure and. You know, hearing the reports of what was going on uh, near floors above us, you know, on a, a, another section of the hotel, but just absolute madness. They they evacuated the pool deck because he had busted yes. out his window and was throwing yeah. stuff out the window. And everything. He's, on so, like, and, he's on like the and, 25th or 28th floor. Yeah. Or and we're telling yeah. this story right after telling everyone, go to Vegas. It's awesome. Yeah, right. And, right? <laughs> and this is all happening, of course. But but so we are at the Haynes and Stein thing uh, and we are. Uh, on our phones just following all the news updates from this and i made the mistake of sending that to my wife and then waiting a minute or two before sending back i'm okay though Uh, ah yeah you had to send it i started with we're okay yeah in my message with yeah we're okay but there's some madness going on at a caesar's which my response back was Call me when you can. I called and she's like, all right, you're okay. All right. Well, I'm not. I broke my ankle. My my wife unfortunately had a had an accident and broke her ankle. So we're, you know, dealing with all this, you know, madness and foolishness and everything else while while we're out there. But all that said, all that craziness, go to Summer League if you mm-hmm. ever have the chance. The coolest thing is eight games a day being played. There's four games in one gym, four games in the other gym. And when I say gym, it is literally across the concourse from each other. You buy one ticket, you're allowed into both gyms. You can bounce back and forth as much as you want. It's not like you got to get in the car and drive anywhere or go anywhere. Mm-hmm. You can literally just walk over and check out the other game. It's so cool. If you have kids who are into it, this is the best chance they're ever going to get to see you know NBA players you know up close and personal because you can really get right down on the floor. The you know I like personally I like the smaller gym, the Cox Pavilion, a little bit more because it's it it's basically like a you know small college gymnasium. It's yep. like their practice gym at, at UNLV, I think. And then Thomas and Mac is your traditional arena type setting, but you're also going to sit closer because it's all almost all general admission. There's a couple uh, restrictions to that, but yeah, absolute phenomenal time, great time out in Vegas. Yeah, definitely go check it out. And I know we're running short on time here today, but we'll have future, we'll have other stories and stuff from Vegas. We'll talk a little bit about the studio and just, and yeah. what it was like getting to record together in person and all that, but that'll be, <laughs> on, maybe we could talk about that on uh, our live show tomorrow or something. Yeah, we'll see. perfect. All right. Well, let's wrap things up there, everybody. Again, you know what? We had actually some somebody come up to us at Summer League and say, go, hey, the best kept secret. <laughs> we did. Please. We did. Let's, he let's heard get... the two of us talking. We weren't yes. even doing the show. And he's like, I recognize those voices. And then I turned around. It was you guys. So, yeah, <laughs> so please, uh, let's be able to get rid of that uh, of that nickname. And let's no longer be the best kept secret. Tell a friend about the NBA front office show. Make sure you are subscribing here to the YouTube channel. And don't forget to turn on those notifications as well. All right, everybody. Till next time. Stay safe and see you. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.